Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever, however, and whenever you're listening. Welcome to another episode of The Melanin Report. I'm your host, Marquise Lupton, and we have another jam-packed show for you today. It's Wednesday, so you know how we do. We have a great interview lined up for you. And today, we have none other than John Mina, who is a candidate for a magisterial district judge in Lancaster County and a local justice seeker based out of Lancaster County. I cannot wait to get into everything John Mina and talk about not only his campaign, but talk about the justice he's seeking in Lancaster, Pennsylvania and beyond. And if you did not have the chance to listen to this week's part one of our podcast series this week with Dr. Kamika Campbell discussing our top five headlines of the week, then friend, go on ahead Hit stop right now. Go ahead, hit play on the Monday show, and then come back and hit play on this show. I know that's a lot of direction, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's some great nuggets and tidbits that you definitely want to infuse in your week this week. It's hump day, and our guest today is John Mina, candidate for a magisterial district judge in Lancaster County. John, what's going on? How's it going? <laughs> going good, going good. Ken, not complain. So, uh, John, what 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 brings you in studio today, man? Uh, so since the last time I've seen you, some things have changed. Here, uh, <laughs> Just a little bit. 2023, I guess the last time I was, you've probably seen me. I wasn't married, so now I'm married. I got me and Karina Mina. Hey, know. congratulations. Oh, uh, man, we missed you at the wedding. Yes, We're thinking about yes. you guys. Um, and then since then, some even bigger news. Uh, I'm running for magisterial district judge. Hey. Now in the Liam Peter Strasburg area south of the city, Lancaster County. So uh, let's let's talk about that for a little bit. Why did you decide to put your name in the ring for district judge? That's a good one. That's a great question. And uh, some people from the Liam Peter Strasburg uh, Democratic Committee reached out to me at the beginning of 2023. Um, and because of some of the work I was doing, you know, from the end of COVID 2020 to like 2021 with like bail reform and the prison reform that I've been doing at the county level, uh, uh, a really close friend of mine had kind of actually like pushed my name out to that committee. And um, they had reached out to me and I was just like, oh, I don't know. I've, I never really thought much about it. When you think about these um, municipal elections, these odd year elections that are happening right now, um, there's a bunch of different like spots up for grab in November. And <clears throat> you never really think about joining those types of things. You don't talk about them much in school. Mm. You know, we get a lot of spotlight on the president's race, the yep. senator's race, all that type of stuff, right? But, like, running for, like, you know, township supervisor or school board or magisterial district judge, you're not really taught a lot about how much influence and how much power that they have over your elected uh, constituents. So um, I didn't have a lot of information to go off of. I, I learned a lot on the go, and uh, I realized the issue with Lancaster County in general and where I was from was there wasn't a lot of representation on mm. both sides of the ticket. So uh, just a lot of uh, one side uh, just kind of running unopposed and winning year after year. And, yeah. and I hear that, um, you know, it's notoriously um, 
uh, a very Republican area. You know, that's just how it breaks down. But uh, as the years have gone down, gone through, you know, you see that that is changing a little bit. And I think the Republican Party is having a little bit of an identity crisis. Um, and so you mix all those things together. Uh, now we're looking at like looking at these smaller municipal races and you're like, well, these are like it's start it's time to start having conversations and yeah. giving the people two choices in November. That's the biggest thing. Like regardless uh if who can win, who can't win, that's not that's not why you get into this, right? It's do you believe in your cause and can you effectively get out there and promote and move what you believe in. Yeah. I think, I, no, I know I can do that. So I'm really excited that there will be a, a fair and free election here for the magisterial district judge race in District 2303 this year. Uh, it's historic. It's never happened. Um, so that's a big deal. Uh, my primary win back in May was also historic as well mm. uh, because I had to beat my opponent again uh, back then. Uh, because he got the cross file, um, and that's not anything bad. He's not doing anything wrong. But when you win a magisterial ditch district judge seat, and you go and um, cast your, uh, you go to file for reelection, right? It's like you have to pay a hundred dollars for it, and they automatically uh, cross file you. So oh. he got to run on the Republican ticket and the Democrat ticket. So I beat him on the Democrat ticket. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, he ran unopposed on the Republican ticket. So. We're going to actually face off in the general, and he'll, we'll figure it out. Oh, man. Oh, man. So uh, we are about to really get into uh, the height of uh, of election season here. So um, this is probably on a bunch of people's minds. So why, why run? Uh, why not? Uh, you said that it's a Republican uh, district. Why not sit on the sidelines and just, you know, let it let it be? Uh, why did you, um, outside of the party asking you, why did you choose to ultimately say yes and run? Uh, for this specific situation, right? And so why run? It's going to come down to the office, right? So specifically, your magisterial district judge, and I'll explain this just so everyone understands it, and then I can answer your question. Mm-hmm. Your magisterial district judge is super important, and a lot of people don't realize that, Okay. So they're the entryway to the minor judiciary into your county, right? Mm. Um, they handle all civil suits under $12,000, right? Um, they do, like, um, assessments of bail when someone's coming for preliminary, when they're just arrested, right? Mm-hmm. And then lastly, they do um, anything that's under an M2, so a misdemeanor 2, M3, and then, like, your summary offenses. So if you're contesting a ticket... Or if you just got any type of ticket, you can go in front of a magistrate or district judge, mm-hmm. uh, and then pretty much your your your, your lower level crimes you're gonna you're gonna see at your magistrate or district judge, right? The magistrate or district judge also is not required to be a lawyer. Okay, so the the thinking behind that, right, is they want this to be a localized position, someone who's a member of the community, someone who's your neighbor who that can be impartial and can be a compassionate listener. Mm. And as I explain all that, you know me from my past, like that just that just explains me to a T of yeah. what I can bring to the seat is why I'm running, right? I am a lifelong Strasburg Township resident, um, graduated from LS in 2008, um, and I've been working in this community, the greater Lancaster County area, to improve uh, criminal justice standards from advocating to getting a new facility at the county prison. Uh, for some of you that know, some of those conditions there are pretty bad in the summertime. There's no air conditioning. Yeah. Um, 
also just kind of advocating for bail reform uh, and not necessarily ending it, but changing our ideas and focus on it, right? Um, and trying to start asking those questions of sh- should somebody be charged X amount of dollars for their freedom mm-hmm. in a nonviolent situation? Do we need to really look at how we're doing this? Because it, is ap- it has implications for your family, your housing, and your job. So just looking for, like, um, ways to improve our criminal justice system. I've been doing that. So very passionate about that stuff. But more importantly, it's the internal stuff. Like, it's my IPC skills. It's my ways to uh, be able to listen. It's also my ways to let people know, like, listen, if you come into my courtroom, whether it's your family member, whether it's you or any of your friends, just know that they'll be treated with dignity, respect, they'll Mm -hmm. be heard. And you can trust that. They'll get that with John Minor as the magisterial district judge. Uh, It's not about, for me, what you're uh, bring to the table from like a, a credential standpoint. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you don't have to be a lawyer to do it. There's a reason why you don't have to be a judge previously. But can you be a compassionate neighbor who's a leader within the community? I'm already that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what's the um, gravity of significance um, as, a, as a younger black man running in this district? Because that's kind of like uh, two, two things. Uh, because you are younger mm-hmm. and then you are a black man. So what's the significance of that? Well, um, you know, like I said before, there is a lot of hyperbolic speech coming from the right. And uh, mm. we just got done with the um, Republican primary debate last night. And there's just a lot of culturalism and a lot of things that are making everyone uncomfortable going on heading into uh, the presidential election in 2024. And it's been like that since 2016. Uh, that's been our reality, you know? And, you know, when we look at the complicated landscape we are, we want to, excuse me, atmosphere that we're in, um, we want to be able to have people who represent different thoughts, right? And so sometimes when a party gets so focused on its, like, federal and state, like, bigger, like, executives or, like, like governors, president, when they focus, like, their ideals around that, you sometimes forget, oh, hey, we have a local government here that's really important. And Mm. so I want people to know that, like, in a race like this, you absolutely can have someone who doesn't feel extremely to the right, who doesn't feel extremely to the left. I'm not partisan about any of this. I have my views on... um, uh, I have my views on all the political hot button issues, but like none of those will come up in my courtroom. So I want people to know that like you can run for these localized elections, you can have your feelings, you can have where you stand, you can have your religion, you can have all that stuff. But are you going to serve the people? So like mm. I want to be able to be an example to younger people and people around me that when you run for a local election, it's about the human being that's on the ballot uh, and that human being and what they stand for, their values are going to be bigger than uh, what we call the national party values. And that's speaking on the left and the right, you know. The left is known for certain things that, like, everyone doesn't care about. You know, know, it's complicated being black and and voting in the the United States. So finding any candidate uh, outside of the the local – the, the local atmosphere, you're gonna you're gonna struggle to find people that like align with you anyway. Yeah. So I just want people to to know that like you don't have to be a run of the mill candidate that just aligns with one side. No, you can be a free thinker. You can you can believe things should be down the middle. 
and you can go out there and represent the people around you because there's more people out there that think like you think. Yeah, so what would uh, what would a John Minor courtroom look like? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question because I've, I've never been a judge before. But for me, um, just very interactive, um, a lot of question, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of listening, a lot of questions being asked, um, looking for opportunities to connect with uh, uh, people who are having um, actual concerns, you know. And then more importantly, a John Minor courtroom is going to be a courtroom that works with law enforcement, works mm. with the community, and then works with um, uh, civil civil participants in, in, in those cases. Uh, there's no side being taken, um, and it's, a, it's ultimately um, a welcoming environment because what you have to understand is that environment is going to be the most stressful place for a lot of these people on that yeah. day that they enter. So uh, I just want people to know that the, they're coming in an atmosphere where they're, where they're not being... Um, uh, scrutinize them fairly, um, and there's impartiality. Yeah, being a judge, I, I'm um, I, I'm assuming um, uh, in this aspect is is pretty much like being a news reporter, where where your interactions with the public is typically on the worst possible day ever, you know, or during the worst possible thing that could happen to to them right. during a time of inconvenience. Right. Right. You know, um, uh, so um, uh, f- for for you and your interactions and um, and you're doing a lot of front facing work, I- I- I'm assuming, since you're on a campaign trail right now. So um, what are uh, uh, some of the questions or concerns uh, you've heard while on the campaign trail? It's a great question. Um, a lot of people don't think about the magisterial district judge position, right? So there's not a ton of concern there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's a lot of excitement from uh, people to realize that there's going to be a contested election. Yeah. It's really, uh, they're excited to uh, have two choices, learn a little bit about me, learn a little bit about my opponent. Uh, it's not going to be one of the situations where they have to walk in there and just uh, just, just either not write anything in or, or just s- slam the dot on the one line. And so... Uh, there's excitement around that. Um, there are people who have asked me a little bit about um, my uh, my credentials, right? Because they have this understanding or they believe that uh, you do need to have a JD or you do need to practice some type of law. And it just had we have really great conversations about that just not being true. Um, that there's uh, a practicum that you take. So first of all, let me back up here. Mm-hmm. There's uh, the Minor Judiciary Education Board, and it's a certification. It's a four week class that you have to take right after you get elected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so once you take that, that, that gives you your certification. Then after that, there's a practicum, which is like on the job training for the next couple of weeks, the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. After that, year after year, if you're not a lawyer, right, specifically, you have to do 32 hours of continuing education annually. So it's not a situation where they're just sending anybody in there and just saying, oh, here's a book. Like, we're just going (laughs) to figure it out. Um, no, that's not how it is. And also, the other thing is um, there's 19 district judges in Lancaster County, and they actually all work pretty pretty well together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and under the guidance uh, of President Judge David Ashworth, uh, and it seems like they actually um, use each other as resources from time to time as well. So uh, they have their own little um, community mm-hmm. themselves. So uh, it's not going to be a situation where um, any person is just going to be like 
thrown to the wolves or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so let's uh, talk about your background a, a little bit. You have a background in bail reform. Uh, you advocated for those um, unfairly treated. So, was was this a natural progression for you then? Mm, no, not really. Because like, if you had talked to me when I was like angrier, I wouldn't have gotten <laughs> into the politics just because like I was like. Um, uh, disengaged with like the system in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. I was really hurt by like a lot of the things we were kind of seeing at the local level. You mm-hmm. know, um, unfortunately, sometimes like when you like um, criminalize uh, poverty, whatever, whatever that looks like, whether that's arresting people who are homeless, yeah, or if you're talking about uh, hefty bail assessments, right? It's really and, and like and when I say hefty bail assessments, I mean in a situation where the person is not a flight risk or the person didn't commit a really violent crime. Like um, that's what specifically I'm referring to when yeah. I say that. Um, I I was really angry at the system for years, so I didn't think this was a natural progression for me. I didn't think any of it was. Um, but for me, what kind of ended up happening was I was just a, a young man, just. Graduated college from Lycoming College out there in 2012 with a criminal justice degree. I worked at the county prison for a couple months right after that. Was not for me. I just was an adult daycare center. Mm. Like center. And so uh, at that point in time, we were, the, the prison was overcrowded. It was about, it was fielding about 1,300, 1,400 people at one point. We were, wow. we were, uh, we were putting people in uh, like almost like, uh, crates in the in the gyms. Like, mm. That's how that's how packed the gym was. That's how, but you know, judges back then they were like they were they were sending like a lot of people with like fines to jail. They were it was just kind of like you know it was like a lot of people like it was just a situation where I you know sometimes like when you're you're trying to make a point but you're not necessarily using the best course of action to make yeah. that point. Uh, so there was a lot of parole and probation violation stuff like, mm-hmm. that they all had to kind of get like uh, they had to nip that in the bud, and they actually ended up doing that. But but kind of getting back here to how I got here today, the criminal justice system was like just really really wonky back in 2012 here, and I got out of it. And then I just kind of started working in finance for the next 10 years. Uh, if you don't really already know this, I am actually a part-time financial advisor as well. <laughs> uh, so I have those like those financial licenses as yeah. well. Um, so I, I, I've always just been trying to like challenge my brain and do stuff like that. And then uh, in 2020, it was just time. It was time to like start getting activated with the community because I was just like tired of just seeing. Like everybody just like run into the streets, right? But like then nothing happened. Afterwards. Yeah, so I was. That's kind of really where I kind of got activated and wanted to do something like tangible, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, it's cool to be passionate. It's cool to have science. It's cool to say no justice, no peace, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, if you get nothing accomplished, how cool was it? Yeah, yeah. And and that's one of the things uh, that I was asking um, post-George post Floyd mm-hmm. um, during during the summer of protesting, um, right. that I like to call it, um, especially in, in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. You, you know, um, all right, after... After you take to the streets, after you get the attention of of the powers that be, what's next? I mean, I think it's pretty for Lancaster County, and I'm going to specifically talk about it. Um, they made an example of the people they wanted to make an example of. Absolutely. Um, Jessica Lopez still sits incarcerated right, right. now as we speak. Right. Um, for, uh, and that's, that is an injustice. Yeah. I can, I can freely speak on that. 
as a candidate, that is an injustice that she got just enough time in her sentencing that she had to go to Muncie. Like, come on, right, now. right. Um, that's 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 not. And here and here's the issue, right? Because I, <clears throat> what I what I can speak on, um, on the night in question of um, uh, Mr. Ricardo Munoz's murder, right? I was there that night, and from what I saw until I left, and I left that night at around like ten thirty. Mrs. Miss Lopez was was helping out. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't witness any of the stuff that the charges yeah. were saying that she was engaging in. I saw her uh, repeatedly um, keeping people safe. So mm-hmm. like, I don't. What happened between ten thirty and two a.m.? I'm just. I want to know. I'm really. It's a case that's closed now, right? And she'll be in another disenfranchised black brown woman coming out of here with with a with a felony record and. Yeah. They made an example out of the people they wanted to make an example out of. And then there was a lot of people who um, came out there, you know, um, and uh, really wanted to help. And I want to be emphasize this. This is not me criticizing. There are a lot of people who came out there with good intentions in their heart and they mm-hmm. just kind of got in the way, yeah. unfortunately. Because um, something traumatic like um, any, any type of officer-involved homicide, right, I don't care if it's um, ruled um, – a murder one or if it's ruled um justified right that's a traumatic situation absolutely um, for all parties involved and it's a situation where there was a lot of people who were motivated by good and just could never find their place on how to fix it or how to help and then you just had people like i said that were made an example of in the court system and that's really unfortunate because you know i think they had an opportunity uh if we were a little bit better organized to do some type of a diversion program for the individuals who were charged that day, um, right? Uh, but that we, that just never was a thing, and I think that was really po- political, mm-hmm. you know. And the thing about it is, like, what's super funny about that is, like, our. I wonder if that does go like another way or another route if um, the party tries to uh, primary the current district attorney. But that's another story for another day. That <laughs> that that is that is very interesting because you would think. You would think be, because there was that, mm-hmm. you know, that would motivate people to, you know, right. take that seat. It's it's all super complicated, right? Because, like, what I will say is um, the current district attorney's office isn't like former ones. I will say that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're making progress in trying to be uh, more open. And it's it's everyone's experience is just super different. But. I have seen progress on that side of the street too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I will acknowledge that I have seen prog- progress with them working with um, uh, second chances, and um, that's a that's a, re- a big recovery program around here mm-hmm. uh, for the, the helping people divert people into recovery as opposed to uh, drug charges. And they have a really good drug program around here. But there's a lot of things that we just we need to kind of clean up, in my opinion, and. Yeah, like I said, kind of going on a little tangent, but like like I said, we're gonna say her name again, uh, Jessica Lopez. She's an SEI Muncie right now, and she was made an example out of. And like I said, when she was out there, when I when I saw everything kind of going on that night, she was uh, she was actually being a community organizer and a mm. leader, and she was helping. So shout uh, out to Jess. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out to Jessica Lopez. Um, so so is it uh is it is it stuff like that? Uh, that that motivates you to to go out there and you know essentially shake hands and kiss babies. Is it is it that right there that was kind of like the motivating factor 
to be like, okay, I need to get involved? <clears throat> That's a good question. Maybe not at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was just kind of, it wasn't like super deep. And when I, when it came to <laughs> running, like I, I'm not gonna sit here and like uh, make a story up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like it was a it was a, it was a, it was a noble cause, and it made sense because you gotta understand. When I first was asked, right, I didn't understand why I wanted to run. Yeah. This is a process to running for office that nobody tells you about, right? And I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. Break just, it down. Just because, like, um, you want a political office seat. It doesn't matter if you're talking about city council, a township supervisor. It doesn't matter, right? Just because you, you, you want it, right? Well, you got to understand what does that want mean? Like, because, mm. like, it was broken down for me because I had, I went in there with, like, all the wrong, like, ideas and reasons at first because, like, I was just like, well, I've been doing stuff in the community and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, that's, that's, not, that's not why you do it, right? <laughs> and I was just like, I was just like, well, there might be too many people registered on the other side. I might not be able to win. And then someone was like, pulled me to the side. I was like, you don't run based, based off of that thinking. Like, if you run because you think you can't win, you're going you're gonna to quit on a campaign. Like, you, you yeah. got to believe it from the bottom of your heart what you're, what you're about and what you want to accomplish. So for me... And this is an easy one for me is I, I am of the people, I'm their neighbor, mm-hmm. and I can look after their interests way better than anyone else can. This is that simple. I'm here to look after the interest and protect my community. Mm. It's not it's not really it's not it's not complicated at all. Right. And, but it will take you time to like search internally about that. If you cannot it, it, like it's not like a president primary. Like you're not gonna come up here and come up with a, a ten point stance and all this other stuff and not and no, no, no. What do you believe at the bottom of your heart you can do for your constituents? I believe from the bottom of my heart that I can protect them and help and communicate with them because I, I am of them. I share the same values. I see the same uh, morals. I love that. Um, folks, just to let you know, you are listening to The Melanin Report with Marquis Lupton. We have with us candidate for district judge, John Mina. Uh, so, um, John, when when you're on the campaign trail, um, what is the first bit of information uh, that you like to tell people? Do you go personal with the personal story or do you talk about... Um, policies and, and and how your courtroom will be shaped? That's a great question. So running for magister or district judge is the hardest position to run for because you're not allowed to make any promises. <laughs> uh, and so when I, I wish I, they would uh, do that for all of them. <laughs> so um, I think I just said I promised a few seconds ago. But when I say promises, you can't promise a change, right? Yeah. You can't promise uh, like a policy or anything like that because you don't have control over that, right? Mm. You're, the, you're, the, you're a part of your county's judiciary branch, right? So you're not allowed to come out here and politically oppose anyone. So mm. like, I can't come up here and tell you why like I'm a better person than my opponent. Yeah. Right? So that's like one thing there, right? So I can't like do a hook, right? And I can't do a traditional hook. Um, I can't come up here and endorse anybody, right? Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. So like, it gets kind of weird when you're endorsed by a party and you're getting out there and you're campaigning with them. So you got a lot of barriers to start with, right, to kind of like think about how you're going to talk about it, right? So for me, the most important thing that anybody that I talk to with is 
I let them know my name, and I'm running to be your district judge. Mm -hmm. Next thing I'm connecting them with, and this is super important for me because I do a lot of face-to-face -face door knocking and canvassing, is I am your neighbor. I am a lifelong resident of Strasburg Township. I want to connect with you from this jump. I want you to know that uh, I'm from here. I, your values, your, your, your stances are important to me. The next thing, the big thing I had to do in the um, primary was just activate Democrats to come out and vote, right? Yeah. So that was the that was the easy one for me. It was like, hey, Democrats, come out this time. You have you have a reason to come out to the primary. Uh, you have a you have a you have an endorsed them on the on the ballot. So that was an easy sell, right? Mm -hmm. So we got through that. But now in the general, it's bringing everybody together. Yeah. And because this is not is this a nonpartisan role, right? Like I said, my opinions on the Supreme Court, Trump, whoever whoever I might not agree with, right? They're really. I'm really not allowed to like pontificate much on it. Right. <laughs> one, uh, unless it's something super like super bad. And one of the things that I will I will not stop talking about is the hyperbolic school board races that we're having, mm. and like Moms of Liberty. It's a big deal because they're trying to they're trying to erase education. Yeah. Know? And um, I'm just telling everybody that I can wherever you're running or wherever you see a school board election, do your due diligence on. I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. Do your due diligence on everyone who's running this November 7, 2023. Your kids uh, are, I don't care what your kids look like. I don't care if they're black, white, Asian, Latino. Um, your kids' um, intelligence, their future is on the line this election. So mm. it's a big cultural issue. Back to me. So the hook, line, and sinker for me is pretty simple. And I've been I've been hitting you with my elevator pitch this whole time. I'm sure you probably subtly picked it out. Um, I am gonna treat you with respect. You'll be heard. They'll be compassionate. I'm a compassionate moderate. I'm John Mina. Vote for me on November seventh, two thousand twenty-three. It's pretty simple. There it is. There it is. I I love that, uh, folks. Again, you're listening to the Melanin Report with Marquise Lupton. We have uh, district mag. Oh, I I can't even say magisterial, so I just say district judge. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> district magisterial judge candidate. John Minus. So, um, John, we have about uh, 30 seconds here. Is there uh, anything that I miss, anything that you want to add before we wrap it up today? Um, yeah. Uh, listen, I hope that this has been inspiring. Um, you really do not have to have, like, um, any type of special uh, – like degree or anything like this to get out there and to help your uh, community uh, at the municipal letter, uh, level. Uh, if you just believe in your heart that you're here to help your neighbors, right, you have enough to get out there. And it's just hard work. Do you have the hard work to knock the doors to make the phone calls? Mm -hmm. Even if you do raise money, that's okay. You can put that to the side and someone can help you like get your map. But this is a this is a people business. Let the people speak and they will if you get out there and talk to them. I love that. This is this is a people's business. And folks, this is a people's show. Again, you're listening to The Melanin Report with Marquise Lupton. And that was district judge candidate for Lampeter Stroudsburg, John Mina. John, again, thank you for coming in. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Yes, yes. And we'll see you on the other side. This is TMR.
sight, everywhere to hide. Then I realized that that gave me the tools to thrive. In the shadows of night, I was chosen to fight. I was chosen to fight. So I constantly keep my mind. So I constantly keep my mind. Seeking to thrive. Elevating higher. And I define my destiny. I feel my better me. Keeping positive people around me. Who also seek to elevate, liberate, and remain free. No longer do I let my light be dimmed by people who thrive on such things. I remain free. I keep, I keep, I keep, I keep, I keep things around me that comfort and relax me. I remain free. I remain free. I focus and I protect me. I am protected. I am protected. I am safe. Love. Protected.